I don't know anything about this movie. Like I've heard it once. What is Nicolas fuck? Cage in it, or is that a different movie? <laughs> That's different a different. Movie. I think you're thinking of Ghost Rider. <laughs> I am. Oh man, I wish I. Oh man, did we record that? I really hope we were recording that. <laughs> that is incredible. That is that is our clip. That is especially our I love. Media I hope bite. that that's what you've been envisioning while I've been talking about. It. You're like that's his fucking favorite movie. Yeah, I'm like, all right. <laughs> that incredible interaction was courtesy of Michael Parks Randa and Shannon DeVito, the director and star, respectively, of the film Best Summer Ever, a wonderful musical comedy in the vein of classics like Footloose and Grease and High School Musical. Yeah, I said it. Are you mad about it? That made history with a fully integrated cast and crew of people with and without disabilities of all kinds, which is just remarkable. It's a film you may have never heard of until right now, but as soon as you watch it, it's impossible to forget it. And that's exactly what happened after I first saw it at the 2021 virtual edition of the South by Southwest Film Festival. It lingered in my mind for months afterwards. And I thought to myself, you know, whoever made this, this beautiful, amazing thing, I want to have them on my show. I want to know what makes them tick. I want to talk to them about the films that inspire them to be the artists they are today. Michael has directed music videos for Rick Ross, Delta Spirit, and Deer Tick, as well as commercials for companies like Pokemon, Haymakers for Hope, and Christy Dawn. Shannon is a comedian, actress, singer, and writer who you may recognize from reoccurring roles on shows like Difficult People and Insatiable. Uh, it's a pretty solid combined resume for our first double header on My Favorite Movie Is. In this corner, represented by Michael, is Easy Rider, Dennis Hopper's countercultural road trip saga that helped to usher in the American new wave alongside classics like The Graduate and Bonnie and Clyde. And in this corner, we have Shannon representing Best in Show, Christopher Guest's farcical look into dog pageantry, which features earlier performances from some of the most memed comedians today, like Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Jennifer Coolidge, and Jane Lynch. Now you may be wondering, do these films have anything in common? Well, listener, they actually have the most important thing in common, which is that they're both not best summer ever, which at the time we recorded this episode, Michael and Shannon had been doing loads of press for as the movie had just officially been released. Despite how busy and likely tiring all of that was, Michael and Shannon were eager to talk about something else for a change, something that probably not enough people ask them about, their favorite movies. Well, needless to say, doing a show just like that has its advantages. Hello and welcome to My Favorite Movie Is, a podcast all about why we love our favorite movies. My name is Larry Fried and I am a New Jersey-based filmmaker and, more importantly, film lover who every other week sits down with other passionate movie fans as they tell the personal stories behind their favorite movies. Thank you so much for being here, but just a warning, we go way past the red tape and deep into spoiler territory on this show. If you haven't seen the movies that we're talking about today, you've been warned. In the meantime, we've covered other movies on this show, maybe some of which you've actually seen. So be sure to find us wherever you get your podcasts as well as on our YouTube channel. Thank you so much for giving us your time and your energy and your attention. We know you probably listen to plenty of podcasts out there and well, we're honored to be one of them. With that being said, let's get started. 
Michael Parks Randa, Shannon DeVito. Welcome to my favorite movie is. It is such a pleasure. I just, I just, before you guys even get to speak, I just have to say it is a pleasure to have you both here. Um, just to give some context, I was lucky enough to watch Best Summer Ever as part of the South by Southwest virtual edition this year. It is such a ray of sunshine <laughs> amidst the the craziness of the past uh year and so on. And I don't want to I don't mean to sound too hyperbolic at the expense of sounding trite. Um but you true it truly does feel like you're watching the future of movies watching this movie because it's such a beautiful um, authentic piece of representation that is also so um, humble, honest, and real. And so before we even uh, begin talking about your favorite films, I just want to thank you for your work on the film, and I can't recommend it enough. So before we even talk about other movies, I just would, of course, recommend that people check this one out. It's available wherever you can get your movies now. But now we want to talk about other films because you guys have probably talked about this film ad nauseum for weeks Thank so God. let's talk about yeah let's talk about <laughs> other films in particular your two choices today which are just like such a beautiful like juxtaposition like dichotomy and you know they're both great films easy rider and best in show both of which i watched for the first time for this uh interview which is which is also super exciting but may get my film card revoked <laughs> uh we may have to cut that part um they're two just stellar pieces and michael i want to start with easy rider and shannon obviously you're more than welcome to chime in with anything related or not related to easy rider uh i'll just read the wikipedia page and uh yeah exactly exactly we'll like just play the film at four times speed netflix yes, does that right we there can play go. it at four times speed now yeah obviously i think a lot of people have absorbed that film through osmosis um, just because the image of henry fonda on a harley davidson motorcycle is like just an, an, a piece of just like a piece of media now that everyone yeah. knows. I'm curious how you came across this film for the first time, if you can remember it, because I'm sure you've seen it a number of times. But what was your first experience like watching this film? Were there moments while you were watching it where you knew that this was going to be a film that that would stick around with you or that was that was speaking to you in a specific way? The first time I saw it, I think I was a junior in college. Um, and I had become, you know, I grew up on classic rock. My parents were huge into the Beatles and Credence and Bob Dylan, but uh, the band was the group that was really formative for me in college, especially. Like I, I just like fell in love with the band. I have a tattoo of Lee Von Helm, like just huge for me. I but I had never seen The Last Waltz before, um, and somehow that had just completely passed my mind. For those who don't know, The Last Waltz is uh, the band's final show um, in San Francisco, 196, no, no, 1978, I think it is, directed by Martin Scorsese. Eric Clapton shows up, Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan, Van Morrison. It's If you haven't seen it, it's the greatest concert film of all time. Um, and that, is, that, is, that is high praise. It's, it's unbelievable. I had watched that film and then someone was like, you know, have you seen Easy Rider, Easy Rider, uh, Easy Rider before? Like the weight is like the opening song in that. And I was like, I've never heard of it before. I pulled into Nazareth, was feeling about half past dead. I just need some place where I can leave my head. And I didn't go to film school, but I was really getting into, you know, I was taking production classes and editing classes and um, someone showed me that film and it was like an awakening for me completely, especially when I was taking editing classes. We were really 
we were really learning like the structure and in easy rider there is no structure like they're mm. in the way that it's edited is, is like just completely like there's such a freedom um and things are so hectic and feeds like some of the editing choices you know really create tension and anxiety and if anything it has like a really psychedelic i mean the film is psychedelic itself but the editing right, is what yeah. really you know gives that um that aesthetic i think just as far as like counterculture films are concerned like that's one of the greatest you know easy rider also in a ways is like one of the first buddy films you know when i was in college my senior thesis was um around the idea of like the male oriented romantic comedy you know all of the, all of these other students were like writing about like french new wave cinema and i was writing about like i love you man and you know <laughs> that, that sort of like new this is like you know i graduated college in 2009 easy rider does have elements of that between peter fonda and um dennis hopper and then of course when jack nicholson comes into the fold it's basically the three of them you know three buddies just like tearing through Shannon, you have to see this damn film. Very different than what I was <laughs> expecting. I don't know anything about this movie. Like, I've heard it once. What is Nicolas fuck? Cage in it, or is that a different movie? That's different a different... Movie. I think you're thinking of Ghost Rider? <laughs> I am. Oh, man, I wish I... Oh, man, did we record that? I really hope we were recording that. <laughs> that is incredible. That is that is our clip. That is Especially our social I love, media I hope bite. that that's what you've been envisioning while I've been talking about. It. You're like, that's his fucking favorite movie. Yeah. I'm like, all right. They really do make a great duo in the sense that like Dennis Hopper's like kind of wild in this movie. Like he's he's uh very impatient. He's uh somewhat impulsive. He doesn't have a sort of cordiality or a respect for people. And then Henry Fonda is just sitting down. He has like all the faith in people. Like you just have the, you have these uh, moments between them where he's just like Billy will go, man, we got to get out of here. We got to get back on the road. And while I'll be like Billy, we're eating their food. Like yeah, like be you respectful. know, show some yeah. respect. You know. Yeah. Hey, um, could you take me and and my friend uh, over across the canyon? Yeah, anything. Hey, it it won't be out of your way, honest. Sorry. Sorry. Hey man, we're not no traveling bureau, man. Why do they get their hey, own ride, hey, man? Hey. We're eating their food. And I think that's great because that is so subversive, I think, of the typical archetype that you would expect for this movie. Like they're both these sort of like biker hippie countercultural figures but like it's so meaningful that like they that like Henry Fonda who's really the main character of the of the story has that soul to him which yeah. juxtaposes so well to uh Billy and then to I forget the name of Jack Nicholson's character yeah what is his name um George George jo George yeah throwing George in the mix is even crazier because he's kind of in the middle he like yeah. has this has this like sense of rapport but he also just like low key you know he can easily be a degenerate. Yeah. It's a really incredible incredible like juxtaposition between the protagonists. Jack Nicholson's character like you know he's an alcoholic in a square and but he's also like really sweet and I think that he in a way like his per he almost has like a, the split personality like if if Peter Fonda is our like you know unassuming sweet uh, you know, protagonist, and then you have your really like rough around the edges, Dennis Hopper, 
like Jack Nicholson kind of splits the difference there that like when mm-hmm. he's a drunk, he's much more like Dennis Hopper. And when he's sober, he's a lot more like Peter Fonda. This is grass. You, you mean marijuana? Yeah. Lord have mercy. Is that what that is? Go ahead, George. Light it up. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I couldn't do that. I mean, I've got enough problems with the with the booze and all. I mean, uh, I can't afford to get hooked. Oh, you won't get hooked. Yeah, well, I know, but I mean, it, it, uh, it leads to harder stuff. Peter Fonda, I mean, what a career. But like, it really is incredible that that was. He wrote, he you know co-wrote the film. He largely financed it, <laughs> according to uh, reports. I read something about the fact that like people were just like using his credit card. Like he paid for yeah. like all the crew's stays, all the crew's meals. In a way, it's like like art imitating life. You know, Dennis Hopper yeah. famously directed this and was just a complete psychopath, um, and was like you know tons of infighting. Um, you know, throughout the process. And then you have Peter Fonda, who's like actually like, you know, financing the film and making sure <laughs> crew's happy. So uh, I've always loved that that dichotomy between the two of them. I've, I'm sure you've rewatched this film a number of times. Was there an experience watching this film in the rewatches that particularly stuck with you? Did something new hit you that you weren't thinking about when you first watched it? Or was there maybe just an experience, a certain way in which you watched the film or a certain medium that, uh, you know, sticks out for you? Easy Rider does such a, it's a great example of a film that doesn't rely on dialogue the way that normal films do. You the know, first like 10 minutes, it, like the first 10 or 15 yeah. minutes, completely dialogueless. Exactly. No, no speaking. Honestly, I feel like you could listen to that film on mute, um, although you would lose all of the music. But the dialogue, yeah, oh, like, of course, but right. yeah, that, that would be it would not. I take that back. It would be a horrible viewing experience. But D- take out um, the dialogue layer of the mix. Yeah, I, th- I think that there's definitely like it's such a cinematographer's dream. Like that film for me is just like it, it's just so beautifully shot. What I've taken away from it is like to take a step back and be like, you know, you can sit with and have patience just to watch the beauty that's unfolding on screen. It doesn't always have to be so narratively driven. Um, and I think that that's been impactful for me in in my appreciation of the editing process, but also just, you know, being able to like take a seat back and just and be able to watch what's in front of you and not be so concerned about storyline moving along or, you know, dialogue plot points and just be like, I can take in like just this incredible scene. Like the whole movie is just moving through America. And it's like, yeah, you just 100%. feel like you're on a road trip um, and then an acid trip. <laughs> I would even argue like the final like 20 minutes as yeah. a whole, not even the the bad trip sequence. It's like the last 20 minutes as a whole just like completely yeah, just you. ruin you. Yeah. yeah. They, they, like it reminds me, it feels very reminiscent to me of Bonnie and Clyde, mm-hmm. the ending of Bonnie and Clyde, you know, when it feels like they're about to go out and they're like, all right, let's do it. And then just society, as pretentious as it sounds, society just ruins it. It just completely yeah. takes away all the fun. And it's such a prescient, again, the prescience of it, mm-hmm. like these, what these figures represent and what they stand for just, in a in a minute, like yeah, demolished. And I think it's it really does you know kind of beautifully beautifully detail like you know just just how the counterculture hippie movement was you know celebrated in in certain you know pockets of America in more 
you know, in San Francisco, um, you know, New York City, but like in middle America, you know, like that a hippie is like a stray dog, you know, like people are just like, you know, we want nothing to do with with you. You are like destroying America, which is crazy because this film was such a massive hit. It was like Mm -hmm. it's like this and The Graduate are basically viewed as like what kicked off cinema in the 70s, essentially. And it's just it really is wild how much it ended up, I think, speaking to a lot of people at the time. Yeah. We could really have an episode for Easy Rider as much as we could have an episode for Best in Show, just yeah. a full hour-long conversation. But I do, of course, want to transition to Shannon. The film that she has selected is Best in Show, which was, again, I watched it for the first time for this conversation. You know, sometimes you're watching movies. I'm Shannon, I want to preface the conversation with this. Sometimes you're watching movies, and you just think to yourself, wow, I really know this person better after watching this movie. Like, I feel like I know Shannon's personality after uh, having watched this film. And um, I don't know whether you want to take that as a compliment or as like I a, do. As a I do take that as a compliment. Great. I was hoping for that. Here's Michael, have you seen Best in Show? I have. You can interject some things along the way. But Shannon, before we just get into the madness uh, of this film, I would love to know if you can recall it, how you first discovered this film. While you were watching it during that first experience, what was it about the film that stuck with you? I was a huge theater nerd as a kid, as we have already established. So my first experience with Christopher Guest was actually waiting for Guffman at right. uh, at an overnight sleepover after a show in high school, because that's what you do in high school. Um, And so we all watched a movie about theater nerds because, Jesus Christ. I remember that this came out uh, when I was graduating and I went to go see it because I was just like, oh, Christopher Guest movies are very fun. Um, And I just, I just remember thinking like, I was in high school, so I wasn't like acting and like had the, you know, what the process was and and all that stuff. And I really wasn't into, I wasn't a comedian or anything at that point. I was just like a musical theater person. And I just remember thinking like, these people are these characters. Like they became these weirdos and they just committed to it. And it was just so special to watch because it was like, oh, this, this is why you want to be an actor. Like you want to just be weird with your friends. And they did it on screen. And I was like, oh yeah, that, I want to do that. That's fun. That looks like a good time. And and plus dogs. And so it was like- <laughs> And plus dogs. <laughs> it was just everything I loved at one time showing up on a screen. And I was just like, this is magical. Do you have a favorite character or duo of characters in the oh, film? Oh man, that's, that's a like hard one. picking that's your children. Um, <laughs> Or your dogs, in my case. Um, do you have a favorite dog? Do you want maybe do you have the <laughs> favorite dog in the film? Oh, that's... the dogs are the dogs are the characters in and of themselves. Uh, they're all so funny. I mean, the one that wins, Eugene Levy and and Catherine Harris' dog, is probably my favorite, just because it's similar to like what I have as ugly, small and and it's cute and fluffy, and it's the one I always want to win in the dog shows, but never does. Like it's always like a German Shepherd. And you're like, but why not the cute, fluffy one? Like, come on now. <laughs> Catherine Hare and Eugene Levy are our next level comedians. I mean, I truly don't know. I, I'm so in awe of their talent and and their timing, and it, it's so it's just so easy to watch, and you just 
you watch them and you think, oh, improv should be improv so simple. And then you try to do it and you're like, Jesus, oh God, no. Um, <laughs> but I I could also make an argument for Fred Willard and the other announcer being yes, my favorite yes, duo. Yeah. Because yes. I think that you like, you watch every dog show you watch, you cannot think, but to think of those two, like every single time, I'm just like, Oh, I wonder what football team he plays for. Like, I just, it's, I think that they might actually be my favorite duo. Now that looks like a fast dog. Is that faster than a greyhound? Well, if you put him in a race, who would come in first? If he had a little jockey on him going. Uh, let me ask you this. If you're going to put him on a football team, which would be your wide receiver? Which would be your tight end? Who can go the farthest, the fastest? Well, I, I don't know any dogs that play football. Ah. <laughs> I'm having some fun with you here. I, I think they just like started the camera and Fred Willard just came on and they're like, Fred, I just want you to say whatever's on your mind for the next 40 minutes. Yep. And we're going to cut it in between all of the other coverage that we've gotten today. That guy's a lord, by the way, that sits next to him. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. They had to get a lord to sit next to Fred Willard while he like just spouts things about dogs. Shannon, you've probably seen this film a number of times, I can imagine. I have. Was there a, an experience rewatching the film where something new maybe hit you or maybe it was just the experience of watching it in this particular setting at this particular time really hit you? Or there, do you have any experiences like that? In my late 20s, I started doing improv and, and sketch and, and stand up and I really, started to make my career about comedy and wanting to create content that is just me and my funny friends hanging out and making stuff. And then you watch a movie like that and you're like, oh, it is possible. And again, as an improviser, and I know now I know how hard it is and how hard I've worked at it and I'm nowhere near these people. Like watching it again is very cool because you're like, oh, these this is this is what you have to aspire to. And 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 you really watch it with nuance of saying like, you know, Catherine O'Hara and, and Eugene Levy work together and they make each other better, but they, they are, they gift each other everything. Like they, they take care of each other on screen and you can see it. You can see like that they care more about the other person in the scene, but because they care more about each other, it just grows into this like blossom of, of hilarity and, and, and they do it in every single thing that they work together in and it's just a joy to watch she was very popular back then she had dozens of boyfriends hundreds hundreds yeah hundreds i did not know that <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in the film it's the scene where eugene levy's character it has to go on like right before he has to go on and walk <laughs> the dog with his two left feet which by the way just like in terms of like just physical gags looking at Eugene Levy wearing two left shoes is should be framed somewhere. It should be like up in the Smithsonian. They're all there and they're all like, oh no, you gotta go on. Oh, this, 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 this. And they're all sort of injecting their beautiful like sense of character and comedic timing to everything. And it's just such a, it is such a joy. You have to do Well, you have a concussion. You have a concussion. You're not making all any sense. All you have sense. to do is follow him, Jerry. Follow him? Just follow you him. Can you can do it. Okay, Carrie. I'm fine. I'm I've walked. Oh, oh, yes, you, you take him for a walk every night. All you have to do is follow us. It's and you're baiting? beautiful at it. I don't yes, even know what baiting you is. Foot, honey. You know what what's this? You have your... This is your number. You're... And you keep it on your left arm. And you keep the dog in the left. And, 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 and uh, why? Uh, why? 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 You're gonna show Winky. 
My last question would be, Michael, I don't know if we can top Ghost Rider for Easy Rider, but I feel like, <laughs> is there a show in which we can, like, Right, we can apply it? it to, yeah, best in show. Maybe, like, Showgirls. It's Show yeah. Dogs. Show, show well, Dogs. Well, dogs the, are the naked, so in that's fairness, true. We're halfway really there. Yeah. We're halfway there. That's right. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of My Favorite Movie Is. I hate to interrupt this awesome conversation, but I just wanted to remind you all that you can find more episodes of My Favorite Movie Is by going to our show page on your podcasting platform of choice. And if you like video podcasts, we actually post our video versions for every podcast episode on YouTube. New audio episodes drop every other Monday, and then video episodes drop that following Friday. So I hope you'll subscribe and follow us and hit that notification bell and do all the things you got to do to stay updated on when new episodes go live. Another way to stay updated on when new episodes go live and get some fun bonus content and sneak peeks in between episodes is to follow us on our social media pages at MFMI Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I hope you guys will find us there and stay updated and check out all the cool stuff we're doing on those platforms. And finally, for a full catalog of audio and video episodes, as well as more information about the show and how you can contact us for any reason, you can go to MFMIPodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to My Favorite Movie Is. Let's get back to the show. Both great films. So much fun talking about them. We're going to do something fun here. We're going to do the MFMI lightning round, but we're going to have you guys go between each other okay. so we can get a fun little dichotomy in terms of the favorites for each of these films. Uh, the MFMI lightning round is where we're going to ask you guys for some superlatives about the films. They're going to be very tough questions, but do your best to answer as impulsively as possible. Just your pure, raw what comes to mind first and we'll make it easier for you shannon because mike will do we'll have michael go first in the <laughs> back and forth god damn it so michael will answer first and then shannon will have to answer after him favorite scene once they get out of jail jack nicholson's introduced and he gets out they get out onto the sidewalk and we used to quote this in college all the time but jack nicholson you know gets out there and he's got his flask he turns to them and goes here's the first of the day fellas to old dh lawrence then he takes a sip We used to quote that all the time. Still do to this day. Shannon, go, 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 go. Okay. Um, the scene where Christopher Guest is driving to the dog show and he's just naming nuts. And I feel like they were just like, I don't know, Chris, talk about something. And he was like, All right, uh, when I'm bored, I name nuts. And he's like, Pistachio nut. Pie red nut. pistachio nut. <laughs> yeah, and red just, pistachio nut. I think it's the funniest thing in the world. So I'd go to sleep. She'd hear me in the other room and she would just start yelling. I'd say peanut, hazelnut, cashew nut, macadamia nut. That was the one that would send her <laughs> into a, going crazy. I quote it all the time. And I like, I'll just start naming nuts. And like, <laughs> if you don't know the movie, you just think I'm like something's, I'm having a stroke or something. Favorite performance. And if different, favorite character. If there's a dichotomy between those two. Jack Nicholson is my favorite character in the film. 
for sure. I mean, Fred Willard, his performance is just, it's just so genuine. I think my favorite character might be, um, might be Eugene Levy's just because it, it's just so kind and he just really wants to do the best job and he's just so bumbling and I just, I just love him. Favorite shot or sequence of shots? The opening is, is so beyond iconic in my mind where, um, you know, it's just the two of them on their motorcycles just driving through the Midwest and they play literally the entirety of the weight by the band. You know, you're just living in this like, you know, cinematography porn of just like incredible Americana. Um, and I think that that, that opening uh, really yeah, just sets the tone in, in such a profound way. There's a shot where... They're doing um, an interview. There's like a series of interviews if you haven't seen the movie, like kind of like Parks and Rec or The Office. So Jennifer Coolidge and and she's married to this old guy and she's talking about soup. And they're in this like giant mansion with these insane um, backdrops. And it's just, you just watch it and you're just like, okay, I know exactly who those characters are. I don't need any other context. I can just look at this picture and I can tell you exactly what's happening in it. I just feel like when you're making a movie, if you can take a snapshot and you know exactly what's happening in, in any moment, that is is very special. And, and I think that that moment, yeah, I didn't I didn't even need them to talk. I mean, or talking about soup is very funny, but um, <laughs> but it's just that that's a very, very funny shot. Favorite piece of trivia or behind the scenes know-how or anything like that? So I went to a screening um, of Easy Rider in Santa Monica, like September, 2019 um, with some friends. And one of the editors was there, Henry Jaglum was his name. It was such a low budget film that, and he was like, you know, in his early twenties, was just looking for a quick payday. Um, and they offered him basically like for a day rate or to have, you know, 1% of gross. And he was like, this movie's not going to do anything. So he took the day rate. And I think he ended up making like $8,000 on the film. And now it would be worth like, you know, his gross like 60 million. So, you know, at least 600,000 and beyond. And he was, he, I think he went on to have a, a successful career, but he was like, that was a fucking mistake. Shannon, hopefully yours is less, less heartbreaking than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, sure. Uh, oh, okay. No. So Parker Posey, <laughs> Parker Posey is uh, actually got braces for the movie. Those are not. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, and, and her partner uh, Michael Hitchcock, I think his name is. They prepared for the film by just sitting in Starbucks all day, and they would just look and watch people, and they, they that's what they base their characters on. But yeah, she got real braces that. for the for the movie. Can I share mine real quick? Yes. Yeah, please. Um, you know the dog show that plays after the Thanksgiving Day Parade? Apparently, the man who, who created that show made it in response to Best in Show. Really? Like he watched he watched Best in talk about life imitating art imitating life and life imitating art. He literally saw that movie and called up a guy and was like, let's just do a dog show like this. Let's make a dog show. And the person wow. who was making it said, like, I'm not here to make like a parody. <laughs> I'm not here to make a parody dog show. He's like, no, 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 but like an actual dog show. Just none of the none of the comedy. That's and that's so how we have funny. the puppy show that they do at after the Thanksgiving Day parade. Well, I thought thank that was goodness for that. Yes. Sanity. Best song featured in the film. I feel like we know the answer. We know the yeah, answer. Yeah, you know the answer already. Yeah. The weight. The band, it's my favorite song of all time. So the songs that Catherine O'Hara sings at the end about her terriers were written by Eugene Levy. 
Um, oh, incredible. They are the That's greatest incredible. songs in the film. They might be the only <laughs> songs, but they're the greatest. Backyard, backyard, on a farm. Play with it to This is a question that I love. If you had to pair your films with another film to make a double feature, what would they be and why? And the only the only parameter I'm going to put on it is that it cannot be a film by the same director. If you were to watch Easy Rider first and then perhaps Nomadland, I think you'd see a through line. I feel like Nomadland also has that type of patience where it's not all, it's not, you know, it's a slow burn, but it's it's not driven entirely by... Um, you know, dialogue and it's, it's very relationship based, but it's more about the relationship to the land and to the country. Um, and I feel like in the same way that we talked about, you know, being able to appreciate Easy Rider just for, you know, the visual nature of it. I think the same can be said for Nomadland. I thought of Nomadland while I was watching this. So I would have to I would probably pair it with that. I, I would pair it with uh with Shaun of the Dead. And um, what a pick. What a ringer. Wow. I love that. Um, Yes. There's a reason though. I know that the genres are very different, but it's it's a very specific comedy and it it's also a very very smart comedy. I again, I feel like it's one of those films that you either really appreciate for what it is and for the comedy that it it creates or you don't. Honestly, you could pair any of the Christopher Guest films with any of the Coronado Trio or trilogy and and I feel like it would be a great pairing. That's a very insightful, interesting answer. And it's much, it's much better than my answer, which is nothing, because I haven't thought of one. <laughs> um, if there was a runner-up film that we had to talk about because Easy Rider, Best in Show were not available or didn't exist, uh, what would those films be? Since like middle school, um, and it's still in my mind holds up to this day, is Dazed and Confused. I absolutely... What, that tracks so much. Yeah, so right. Much. You know, it's it's a single day in the life of, you know, the freshmen coming in, or the eighth graders coming into freshman class and the seniors are graduating. It's a real coming of age story, but also isn't really about anything. You know, everyone just kind of wanders around to different parties and it's very relationship based. It was actually kind of hard to choose between the two of those. That's another great double feature, honestly. Dazed and Confused has that same mentality of this is driven by characters and relationships. It's not driven by uh, plot or by the edit or by anything like that. And I think, and talk about a soundtrack. Yeah. Days Confused, amazing soundtrack. Oh, God. It's just the best. It was very hard to choose one to begin with, so you're being very mean. Um, <laughs> Sorry. That's the job. It's okay. Job. No, you're just doing your job. It's, it doesn't make you less mean, but uh, you're just doing it. Um, <laughs> uh, so, Wally might be my second favorite movie um That's, i love that film so wait, much i don't know what wally is what is wally? oh wally's a you don't know what movie. wally is no michael have you been living under a rock shit this little robot on planet earth after we've destroyed it and it's the oh. last robot on earth Yes. And I know it, what this movie yeah, I know. is. Okay. I know what so, this movie is. But I haven't seen it. I think that Wally um is a true underdog story, which I'm always drawn to. And they created a love story out of something that shouldn't be a love story. And it's just the Absolutely. way they're able to tell that story is is remarkable. And it also talks about, you know, how we're destroying the earth and our bodies and 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 it's a bigger narrative than than just this little robot that that's on earth. 
I just think it's funny to point out that my crew in the back is listening to this conversation and they heard Michael say that he didn't know what Wally was and they freaked out. <laughs> they Sorry, flipped guys. out. I wish I had a feed in the back where we could just like watch them like that. But it was like, and then they were like, oh, but I haven't seen it. And they freaked out even more. It was like, talk about cultural touchstones, you know. Talk about credibility completely lost. I thought that it, that your movie was about Nicolas Cage. Is That's like, true. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think they were recording then. Well, I'm glad you said it now. Oh, so, yeah, we listeners. definitely we were recording it. Good. I checked. Yeah. We were yeah. recording it, I, I and we will exploit the shit out of it. I lost very early on. <laughs> <laughs> no movie I should ever talk about ever. They're like, have you seen movies? I'm not sure oh what's happening God. over here. Michael Parks, Randa, and Shannon DeVito, thank you so much for your time and for your insight. Before we go, where can people find you and your work? And is there anything that we can expect from you? Any work we can expect from you in the future? Yeah, um, you can find me on the internet. Uh, <laughs> Good start. Step one. What? Yeah, the I'm on interwebs. there. Oh yeah. Parksrando.com. Got all my crap on there, all my music videos and commercials and some stuff for Best Summer Ever. And uh, yeah, I'm sort of in development on the next film. I'm in the writing process of that. And it's, uh, you know, it's a family story I'm really excited to tell. Just real quick, your Instagram don't forget about your Instagram. Oh, my Instagram is yeah, Parks Randa. That's all my handles. I got Beautiful. them all. That's where we can it find was hard. I had to fight people off for them. You know, they were just so it was. <laughs> it was I, a I bidding war. There was a major war. bidding war. Yeah. I had to pay everyone off. <laughs> it was me. I bought them. Yeah. Shannon bought all of them. I paid her $5 for them. I could barely afford it. Yeah, it was oh great. It was a crazy goodness. bidding war. Between Shannon and <laughs> Shannon. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Shannon, Shannon, where can we find you on the on the internet? Oh, my handles are my first and last name, Shannon DeVito, because I'm not very creative. Instagram, Twitter, ShannonDeVito.com, all those fun things. <laughs> Great. Wow. You guys, you guys really are humble about plugging yourself. Yeah, we're really <laughs> most of these influencers like you can find me at, at <laughs> blah, 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 on Instagram and Snapchat. Yeah. You know, like they're really in it. <laughs> no, uh, I'd rather talk about random stuff. Um, you should watch his music videos. They're really great. They're so fantastic. I just want to say that everyone who's watched Best Summer Ever, and I mean, I'd say that Shannon is the one person who people are familiar with when they watch it. But no, Rockway, I'm just know, saying like, Maggie Joe and Hall might be. Okay, yeah, fine. okay, you're right, all right, fine, all right. Fine. Fine. I fine. forgot about her. A very deserving second place. <laughs> yes, very deserving. But people are just like, she's gonna blow up, and it's so clear. Like she's, you're, you're an incredible talent. It's insane. I always say like you're the ultimate Swiss Army knife. Like you've just got it all. So that's uh, so nice. It's yeah, it is lie, nice. But okay. it's nice. I'll give you your websites back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is really about. Best summer ever. Just one more plug. It's available wherever you get your movies. I recommend it wholeheartedly. And if 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 our conversation with these two incredibly talented individuals wasn't enough, uh, then I don't know what will uh, be enough. Michael Parks, Randish, Shannon DeVito, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It was guys. been a pleasure. Pleasure. That was so much fun. This was so fun. Thank you for the reprieve of our normal, you know, press cycle, just talking about ourselves in this film. Is that good to just... is my gift. That yes. is my gift to the world. Thank you. Hey, celebrity who's done 10 hours of press on your movie. Let's talk about anything else. Anything. Anything. Thank you so much to Michael and Shannon for being so generous with their time and hilarious with their banter. 
It was such a pleasure to have them on the show. Be sure to support them and check out their websites and socials, all of which will be listed in the show notes below. And also check out Best Summer Ever, where you can watch it and how you can watch it will also be available in the show notes as well. Best of luck to them on all of their sure to be amazing future endeavors. If you enjoyed this episode of My Favorite Movie Is, and I really hope you did, be sure to follow us on your go-to podcasting app, subscribe to us on our YouTube channel and hit that notification bell. Follow us on our social media platforms at MFMI Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And lastly, if you're an Apple Podcast user, leave us a rating and review. All of these things help to keep the show going and growing. And for that, we thank you. For more information about the show, you can visit us at mfmipodcast.com. And for sponsorship or business inquiries, if you have any thoughts about that awesome new intro format we tried out for this episode, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at hello at mfmipodcast.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. My Favorite Movie Is is a Larry Freed Presents production. It is executive produced, hosted, created, and directed by me, Larry Freed, and is produced by me alongside Brian Novak. Our assistant director is Stephen Reyes, and our editors are myself, as well as Clayton and Kimberly Allen. Our graphic designer is Monica Sarmiento. Our motion graphics designer is Elton Greenfield. And our theme song, Now and Then, as well as all original music featured on this show, is composed and performed by Matt Gorduk. For this episode, our camera operator was assistant director Stephen Reyes, our sound recordist was Dominic Mistretta, and our production assistants were Guillaume Moissonnier and Sal Sisto. And a special thank you to, of course, Michael Parks Randa and Shannon DeVito for being on the show, as well as recording their own audio feeds and sending them to us for this episode. Thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. Everyone's websites and socials are down in the show notes below. My name is Larry Freed, and this has been My Favorite Movie Is. Oh,